Welcome to It Can Be Said, my name is Will Calling and I am joined as always by the one, the only Dr Lou Middup. How are you today, Luke? Very excited, Will, because it's Brexit Day! Gotta find out where the Santa's been! <laughs> He's checking his list. He's checking, checking it twice. <laughs> Regardless of whether you're naughty or nice, you might not Get be in the... <laughs> so yes, this is the first Saturday sitting in either of our lifetimes of the ha- of, of the Houses of Parliament. Um, it's been uh, the last one was in nineteen eighty two uh, when the Argentinians tried to take uh, the Falklands out of the single market. Uh, <laughs> that that joke sadly doesn't work because the single market hadn't been created there. They, they were certainly trying to take the Falkland Islands. No, because they wouldn't be part of the uh, customs union because they were a dependency. Damn it. It was still funny, but yes, it, it was still funny. The, uh, you completely undercut your own jokes there, Will. Well <laughs> but yes, not since the Falklands War has there been a Saturday sit-in. This is obviously um, the the vote on the Brexit deal that uh, Johnson secured um, on Thursday in the early hours of the morning. Uh, we're not going to really talk about the Brexit deal. We went into that in some detail in the last podcast. We're going to talk about the House of Commons to give you an idea of when we are recording. The, co- the debate has literally just finished. Uh, uh, both, both me and Luke watched most of it. I mean, I suppose I watched the entirety of the debate. I missed Johnson's statement because I was sleeping. Um, yeah, I watched the entirety of the statement and turned over because parts of the debate made me lose the world to live. <laughs> We're looking at you, Ian Blackford. Um, we are, Ian Blackford. So it's literally just finished. We are waiting uh, for uh, the, the vote on the only amendment, the Letwin Amendment... So it's worth explaining what the Letwin Letman Amendment is, Luke, because this came through after we recorded on Thursday. Yes. So basically, so other Letwin has put forward an amendment that would it would it would basically extend debate on the withdrawal bill because this is just a vote to say we approve the principle of um, the agreement. The actual legislation that we put into law comes later. And what one of the letter wants to do is push back the date of Brexit to the 31st of January, uh, in line with the Ben Burt Act. Alistair Burt gave a very funny speech uh, where he said to his great regret the bill keeps being misnamed as the Ben Bill, so the Ben Burt Bill, that we would put right the date of Brexit back to the 31st of January next year in order to give Parliament time to carefully consider this withdrawal arrangement. Now, because the danger from Oliver Lapland's point of view is that the ERG, the Tory no-dealers, would vote in favour of this motion, therefore repealing the Ben Bill's requirement for an extension, and then vote against the withdrawal agreement being passed into UK law. Yeah, I, I mean, that is certainly what he's saying. It's not an unreasonable fear, but I think the ERG quite rightly said that, you know, they, they kind of call their shots and uh, when they, they say they're going to do something, they do it. And they were pretty clear that they had no intention of any uh, substitu- such substitution, you know, that they have agreed to not only back, back this, but back the deal, uh, back, back the implementation bill. Um, the other... The uh, other thing is, if there's not time pressure on this bill, you can guarantee... There will be all sorts of wrecking amendments passed. Well, well this, this I, will drag on in forever. This is yeah. This is a slightly less charitable um, uh, way of uh, 
of uh, phrasing let wins uh, what let wins up to, which is if if this meaningful vote passes, if the Ben Bill uh, Ben Act provisions lapse. You you you're then in a race to the clock to get this bill uh, passed onto the statute book by the thirty first of October, so you don't have a no deal. That basically means everyone everyone who doesn't want no deal is going to have to behave themselves next week. It's going to make it much more difficult to put amendments down. I also think there's not just on the practicalities, but I also just think there will be like a psychic shift. Yes. I think if 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 uh, if the if the Johnson deal is endorsed. By Parliament today, that'll be that'll be announced on the BBC. That'll be written up by all the papers as Johnson wins. Brexit is happening on the thirty first. There'll then be tremendous pressure to basically just accept the uh, the bill as is, and and yeah. and let it be rammed through. And I think that pressure will be magnified by what will happen on the continent. You know, already the the EU leaders have been very helpful for Johnson. The comments of Macron saying that he's not minded to support an extension, uh, Varadkar saying that whilst he of course supports an extension if, if there wasn't, a, if Parliament didn't back the deal, that you can't guarantee it because it requires unanimity. Um, no, no. Well, that's, that's a question. Well, do you think Macron was just being help, helpful to the Prime Minister or do you think he means that? Um, uh, he's being helpful and I think he would like to mean it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I certainly think that in order for an extension to go through, there would need to be a fairly clear statement from the UK government as to exactly what that time would be used for. Um, yeah, well, let's not, let's not get there. Let's We can talk about that once uh, we find out what's happened with Letwin. In terms of uh, what my, my thoughts on the Letwin Amendment, I think it's fucking stupid, personally. Um, I, th- I think, it's, I think it's, it's yet another week. Well... No, it's also even so much that it's like everybody like this is a drum I've been back beaten for a while, which is the meaningful vote provisions was was a stupid idea. It's massively distorted uh, the debate on the withdrawal uh, deal, both this but no May's version. Um, it never it never provided the security that the grieve who was the person who came up with the idea thought it did, and to see. Tory Remainers realise that and then have to kind of negate their own constitutional wheeze is absolutely infuriating. It's like, you know, everybody told them this this meaningful vote concept is silly. Parliament will always have to implement the deal, um, have to pass primary legislation to implement the deal. You don't need this. And lo and behold, now they are reversing everyone's argument saying... This, this meaningful vote that we have demanded repeatedly in various guises is meaningless. We, we can't guarantee no deal is off the table until we pass the law. And it's like, yeah, no shit. Yeah, we already knew that. We kept it's telling called, you this. It's called parliamentary sovereignty. What um, Now, so yes, yeah, so I find it a bit infuriated. I have no idea whether Letwin is being uh, disingenuous or being clumsy. Maybe a bit of both. Um, but um, the government certainly would like this to be defeated. It is still up in the air whether it's passed. I am, as well as I'm talking to Luke, I'm desperately scrolling to find out which way the DUP voted. Um, oh, so the Letwin Amendment has won. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. That was a mistake on my part. I misread what John Mentor just tweeted. Um, what did he just tweet? 
Well, he made the point that you basically need to look at which which direction the tellers are on when they come to yes, the... Yes, yeah, uh, well, as always, the winning side is on the right, correct? Yes. Yeah. And I read it as him announcing who was on the right. Now, uh, although, although the chamber is now pretty full, so I imagine the result will be in the next... Yes, and, and we will we will we will throw to that, and we'll include it on the podcast. Whilst we have the time, because we have not seen them emerge yet, and I've still not seen anybody be able to say which way the DUP voted, which is strange. No, I mean, what, what, just quickly before the announcement, what did you make of the debate? So um, it was an uneven debate. Um, uh, um, I think I'm not. I I was particularly disappointed with the arguments on the anti-deal side I don't think any I don't think anyone really rode to the occasion on their side for Rebecca Long Bailey probably came the closest but yes I mean it, it, it really is remarkable that the two strongest speeches were the two winding up speeches and Keir Starmer and Steve Barclay are just so below the level of events it's untrue I mean Steve Barclay like what on earth possessed him to do that Mo Molum joke? To open with a joke about Mo Mola and some weak ass pun about momentum. Oh, like... By the way, um, the Labour MP now holds uh, Mo Molum don't seek. I thought she was going to have a heart attack. Oh, you can't blame her, to be honest. Like, it's not any old MP either, that, no, for deceased MP. You're making a joke. I mean, I was never Mo Molum's biggest fan, but. Um, you know, she she genuinely was beloved in the House of Commons. Um, yeah. um Northern Ireland, yeah, less so, less so. Um, but yeah, I I mean, Michael Gove is always very good at these. It's his amazing what an accomplished uh, Commons performer he has become, considering how late in life he he actually um, entered the chamber. Because um, he's been an MP since two thousand and five. Who Gove? Yes. Yes. But he really is probably he is probably one of the best um, common speakers um, at the moment. I was sitting there listening to that and thinking it's a genuine pity he's not prime minister. I I don't think he can do um, the the, the non commons communication stuff as well. Um, unfortunately for him, um, but I thought that was very good. I thought Theresa May made a very powerful yes, intervention. I thought, I thought I thought Theresa May a because. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be it's going to be very interesting because she's certainly made it clear she is not going to follow the self-denying ordinance. That no, and I think I think it's a stupid or I think it's a stupid tradition that robs the constituency of an of a all singing, all dancing member of parliament. I mean, you really the last prime minister we had. To be an active participant in Parliament was what Thatcher, uh, briefly in the Commons, and then um, and then in the House of Lords. Yeah. But since then, you no know, major um, kept pretty quiet in the one uh, uh, Parliament where he was a backbencher. Um, he very rarely turned up, as I remember. Um, uh, Cameron and um, Blair and Cameron both quickly left. Uh, Brown pretty much kept kept himself to. Um, his interventions in the house to local constituency issues. So, yeah, about I, don't, I don't understand what purpose that that tradition is meant to serve. I get that. I get that it would be. Would, oh, hang on. No, somebody's trying to find their seat. Uh, I get that it would be uncouth 
to, you know, deliberately upstage your successor. But surely that's surely that's for you to decide. It's not for um, it's not it's not fair to rob your constituents of a voice when you genuinely feel something. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But I, but I think Meg, because I mean, she also made a very pointed intervention in the Queen's speech uh, debate um, um, about immigration, which was actually critical of the government. Um, now, what I will say is, is this rollout we have seen from the government um, since Thursday really does put into sharp relief how bad a prime minister she was. Like how how on earth they've been able to to arrange the politics so well and her so badly that it looks like she she he's going to get more Labour MPs to vote for a deal that by any standards is a harder Brexit than hers is quite impressive. It is. Um, I mean, I, I, I would say, just going back to Boris Johnson's um, original statement, it was okay. It was working. Like, he got through it. But he's not... The thing, the thing with Boris Johnson as a parliamentary performer is he confuses using flowery language with eloquence. Yes, I... I, I he's... He, I think the problem when when Johnson is bad, you almost want to shout him and say, "Just speak English, goddammit. Yes. Talking of someone that made people shout at their TV, my God, Ian Blackford had one of the worst oh, speeches. The, the leader of the SNP in the House of Commons, he bombed, he bombed her. Um, it that was it was long, it was overwrought, it was pointless. Um, yeah, that, that... You know what, Ian? You're right. Scotland isn't mentioned in the withdrawal agreement. Neither is England or Wales, you soft... <laughs> uh, I can't, I've, I've forgotten his name, but the member for... I did enjoy the member for Sterling's uh, intervention. Stephen Kerr. Yeah, uh, he he, uh, he slapped them down something fierce. Well, I think we've got one side tellers waiting for the other side or something? Yes, hang on, hang on, hang on. Here we go. Right, I may be in a slight delay, so I'm, I'm, I'm now I've unmuted. So once we get the announcement, we I will stop talking. But uh, Luke can not uh, spoil because I think my uh, YouTube link is on a little slight delay. Okay. Yeah, so, so the murmur in the background that is a House of Commons. Um, we're waiting for the announcement. Um, if this if the election amendment passes, oh, here we go. Oh, Lewin's, Lewin's passed? Yeah, the Lewin's have passed. 322 to 306. 322 to 306. That is a that suggests the DUP did indeed vote for the Lewin Amendment. That is a bigger majority um, um, against, no, for the Lewin Amendment than I think some people are expecting. The issue we now have is that means it's very difficult to know whether the deal was actually going to pass. I mean, most people had moved to the belief it was going to pass. Um, um, we, we now move to uh, the, the vote, which is slightly meaningless um, on, the, on the substantive motion as amended, 
The question now will be: Do we even? Do they even bother to divide? Let's see what they what they decide to do. Yeah, yeah. So they, they they didn't bother to divide the house. So the motion stands as amended, and we basically do this all again on Monday or Tuesday. Monday, I think. So we took a pause of the cause to listen to Boris Johnson, and what what Boris Johnson has basically said is he's not gonna negotiate an extension with the European Union. He, oh, he, he, he didn't quite say this, but the implication is he will, he, will let, he will send a letter and hope the Europeans sit on it whilst we go through the proceedings of the, of the withdrawal bill um, next week. Yeah, I, I understood that's what he meant as well. Um, just, just to uh, recap, 322 to 306... That is a substantial uh, margin. Um, that would mean what? Just to do the maths quickly in my head. 16. 16. So you need eight MPs to change their mind. No, nine. You need nine MPs to change their mind to get, to get a majority. Um, not impossible. Um, the uh, trouble is it opens the door, like we were saying before, to the withdrawal agreement to be... Subject to a massive amount of amendment. Um, yes, it's it's certainly not ideal for the government. Um, I, I I think the atmosphere when the bill comes forward will be very interesting. I think it it, it will be extremely tricky for them because you know that that law is going to have to be watertight. If there are any gremlins in it that scare anybody, that is uh, that's going to put them in a very tricky position because again. We, we will have a better idea when the division lists come out, but, you know, it's certainly plausible that you had, you know, nine moderate members of the government's uh, pro-deal majority, uh, whether Labour dealers or, or Tory, Tory soft Brexiteers, who, um, who, uh, who, who voted for the Letwin Amendment despite not being against um, the, the deal. But yeah, no, this is going to be very, very tight. Um, but I, mean, I suppose the key thing is, is obviously the second reading, you can't make amendments to it. No. So that second reading is going to be the moment of truth. Um, and that will probably be sometime towards the back end of next week, do we think? No, no, earlier than that. It'd be Monday or Tuesday, surely. Hang on, second reading? Yes. You have second reading, committee well, stage. Surely it's going to be introduced for a first reading. Yeah, but you can do you can do that immediately after. But the first reading is just it's red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no vote. So literally, literally, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I take your point. So the second reading is the key vote. Norm, I don't think you can move substantive amendments to that. Am I right? It's it's when you get to the committee stage of the house. Yes. Um, assuming it's a committee stage of the house, they could they could try and do the committee stage. <laughs> Um, by a private committee. Um, no, I don't think they could. Um, but, uh, yes, so we we kind of as you are. We kind of are, except, except that the, the momentum shift you were going to talk about now, very, you were talking about earlier, I think is now very much against the deal. Because the headlines are going to be Boris Johnson loses again. Yes, and I do wonder whether he he would have been better off I don't know, maybe maybe doing their own version 
of, uh, of, of the, what the Letwin Amendment was trying to do. That was kind of like a compromise uh, position for everybody to, um, to uh, get to. Yeah, but that's Monday morning quarterbacking. Though. This is true. This is true. Um, but yeah, so that, that is uh, our short podcast. As I said, um, I don't think the, the debate was brilliant, but there were some good interventions. Um, uh, the the Letwin Amendment kind of negates the whole point of having the whole debate. Um, but we will see what happens when this is debated on second reading. Any final thoughts from you, uh, Luke? Damn. Damn. Talk to you in a while, guys. Damn.